Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. I'd like you to meet Ben. This is Ben. You, if you open your Bibles to John chapter 5, verses 1 through 10, would find Ben's story. You wouldn't find his name because I'm just making him up a name because he isn't named, and everybody should have a name. So we're going to give him a name. His name is Ben, which, by the way, in Hebrew means son, right? So Ben, when you look him up in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 10, you're going to perhaps have an idea of who Ben was, but I want to go ahead and suggest to you that I think he might have been a little different in the way that we have always portrayed him to be. Ben had been sick for over 38 years. And generally, when we hear this story, we feel a little bit of pity for Ben. Being sick is not fun. Uh, Not being able to get around is not fun. However, I want you to notice that Ben has no friends. Why does Ben have no friends? I want to suggest to you that I think Ben was a crusty, mean, angry, curmudgeonly, nasty person. I know that, you know, maybe that doesn't feel like the the man that you've become accustomed to hearing about, but I've got some reasons for thinking that. Ben, for 38 years, lies at the pool of Bethesda, hoping to be able to get into the water when it's stirred up because the story was that when it got stirred up, first person in was healed. And for 38 years, Ben was never the first person in. By the way, 38 years is a long time, huh? Raise your hand if you were here when Andy's, for Andy's first Sabbath. Andy McDonald, senior pastor, first Sabbath. So add a year to that, and that's 38 years. It's a while, right? It's a while. It's a long time to not be well. And maybe it's understandable that, that Ben would become upset, become a little bit angry, become a little bit crusty. But that's exactly what he was. Because when Jesus finally shows up and surveys the, the, just, the, 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 just the scene, can you just imagine? The Bible says there were crowds of people there wanting to be healed. Can you imagine looking at all that suffering? Jesus looked at that suffering and it hurt his heart. The Bible doesn't tell us why he picked Ben. Maybe it's because Ben was the one who'd been there the longest, some people think. Maybe he was the worst case. But Jesus walks over to Ben and says, 
Do you want to be well? Duh. Just had a habit of asking questions that were pretty obvious, right? Do you want to be well? Well, let me think, Jesus. I've been here for 38 years. I mean, I could be any other place, but I'm here where the water moves. So clue number one, yes, I would like to be well. I'm kind of telling you what my thoughts might have been. But Ben doesn't know who Jesus is. He just knows there's this guy standing over him asking him if he wants to be well. And Ben being the whiny man that he is, I can't. I can't. Because somebody always gets in front of me and I have nobody who's here to help me get in and somebody always beats me into the water. I can't. What comes next is interesting. Jesus doesn't correct him. Jesus says one powerful word. One powerful word. Arise. Arise. Take up your mat and walk. Now, in a lot of other places in the Bible, we see Jesus saying, your faith has made you whole. But I want to suggest to you that I don't think Ben had that much faith. Why do I say that? Well, honestly, how much faith does it take to just try to get up? Right? Jesus says, get up. I mean, what does it really take for you to just, I mean, just to try? Right? I mean, nothing. Okay, I'll give it a shot. What? That worked. That, I mean, that's really, I mean, okay. And so Ben arises And here's where I will give Ben a little bit of credit. Ben does what Jesus told him to do. He rolls up his mat and walks. But here's where I'm going to prove to you that this man was not a pleasant human being. Ben picks up his mat and walks off, and Jesus disappears into the crowd. And as Ben is walking, some Pharisees see him, and it's the Sabbath. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. Ben is carrying his bed on Sabbath. He's been caught because you weren't supposed to do that back then. And the Pharisees say, who told you? Why are you walking around with that mat? Who told you to do that? And here's where I want you to hear what Ben says. Ben goes, the guy who healed me. I, I, I wouldn't have done it, but he told me to. That last part's not in the Bible, but the first part is. The guy who, who healed me, he told me to pick up my, 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 my mat and walk. Don't be mad at me. I was just doing what I was told. And you might think, oh, go easy on Ben. He was, maybe it was more like, oh, it was the one who healed me who did that, and I don't know who that is. Come on, you know which one's more likely. And I'll tell you how we know which one's more likely. Because Jesus finds Ben a little bit later. He approaches Ben again and he says to Ben, Ben, which of course that name is not in the Bible, I'm making it up. He says, Ben, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And so Ben says, oh, yes, I have definitely been living a life of sin. Thank you, Jesus, for that. No, 
Ben turns right around and goes and finds it. Hey, hey guys, it's Jesus that healed me. I found out it was Jesus who told me to do that. Jesus. That's the guy that told me. What a sellout. What a sellout. This guy has been sick for 38 years. He doesn't thank Jesus. He doesn't say, hey, thank you for doing this. Instead, he sells Jesus out. Who's that guy over there? Old, crusty, nasty, and mean. That's Ben. In my humble opinion. You can take it any which way you want. Other biblical scholars see him as just a poor, helpless man who didn't really know what he was doing when he went and did that. He was trying to be helpful. I don't see that as being helpful at all. In fact, it becomes very obvious when you compare Ben's story to the story of a man who's healed of blindness a couple later chapters later in the book of John. The man is healed of blindness on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees come to him and say, said the same thing that they said to Ben. They said, who did this? And this guy is like, I don't know, but I love this guy. This guy is amazing. And eventually this guy sticks up for Jesus so much, he gets kicked out of the synagogue. That's the story a couple chapters later. And I think it's in direct contrast to the story of Ben, who just basically sells Jesus out. So why am I telling you this story today? Well, it's because I want to bring a point to you today. Our theme, and you're going to find out my favorite thing on earth is themes. I love themes. I love having a theme for a year. I love it. So the word for this year, our theme for this year, say it. Say it with me. Oh, you didn't wait for me though. I said, say it with me. One, two, three, arise. Oh, see, you guys are awesome. Look at that. Our theme for this year is arise. And it's the, a word that is used in a number of places throughout the Bible. But the exact word that I'm basing this sermon series off of is this word right here. We won't try to pronounce it together. But this is the word that Jesus says to Ben. Arise. It's a powerful word. Powerful word. In the original language that this was written in the Greek, it can mean to wake up, to arouse somebody from sleep. It can mean to recall the dead to life. It can mean to rise up from your seat or from your bed to get up from a seat or a bed. It can mean just to raise up in general, or it can mean to construct. It's a powerful word. It's a, it's a powerful verb about movement, about arising, get up is another way you could translate it. And over the next four weeks, we're going, as we talk about our Arise theme for this year, and as we do this series on Arise, we're going to look at four different places in the book of John where this word is used and what it has to say to us. Today, we're talking about how God asks us to arise with trust. To arise with trust. And I want you to know that can feel a little overwhelming. Because can we just be honest for a minute? Jesus often tells us to arise when it seems like a bad idea to arise. I find it to be no accident that on the Sabbath, we are debuting our theme for 2022. Half of 
the people who are supposed to be up front today are out sick. That all kinds of things have come up from COVID to all kinds of other things. And I've discovered this as I have done themes every year. In fact, I pick my themes with great trepidation. I try to find one that can't go wrong, and I haven't yet. I thought, arise. I mean, what can go wrong there? Arise. But you know what? What happens is, is that when we choose this theme, Satan goes, oh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and see how much you want to arise. I'll see how much you really want to rise if I throw this, this, this at you. I'll see how much you want to rise when you do this. Because like Ben, our first answer is what? I can't. I can't. As a church, how can we do ministry in our community with COVID all over the place? How can we come to church? How can we do? How can we? COVID is everywhere. It's keeping us from arising. And yet Jesus says, do you want to be well? I didn't ask what you could do. I asked you, what's in your heart? What do you want? What do you want? Don't tell me your excuse. I can't. I can't. And we love excuses. Oh, I can't because I don't have anybody to help me. I can't. I know I've been asked to help out over here, but I don't see a team there to support me. I can't because we have our excuses just like Ben had his excuses. I can't. We often will use the sin in our life as an excuse not to arise when Jesus asks us to. And this is the reason why I picked Ben out of all the stories in the Bible that I could have picked, because I picked what I think is one of the worst people on earth that Jesus healed. I know that's judgmental me. I'm sorry he's not around to hear it. But this guy was just completely ungrateful. Clearly, he was a sinner because Jesus told him to quit sinning after he had healed him. So Jesus must have had some concern that something was still going on. And a lot of times in our life, we'll say, Jesus, I can't because I have got this sin in my life. I'm not worthy. I'm not okay. I, 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 oh, wait, I'm making about me. I want you to know that every single one of us in this room is a sinner. And thank goodness that God didn't say, well, I'll have to find somebody else to use. You heard me say everybody in this room is a sinner, right? I sometimes think that the reason pastors become pastors is because God calls the people that if they weren't pastors, they'd be in a heap of trouble. I sometimes he calls the worst people out of the room, not the best. Isn't that right, Angeline? I just didn't want to be all by myself up here, right? Okay, and okay, I'm, so I'm not, you know. <laughs> Pick on the new person. Family, quit, stop, quit saying God can't use me because I did this, or I did that, or I am doing this, or I am doing that. Stop it. 
If Jesus tells you to arise, arise. He'll worry about the rest of it. He'll worry about the rest of it. By the way, can we take a minute just to talk about Jesus approaching Ben, telling him to stop sinning or something worse will happen to him? Sounds a little harsh, doesn't it? (laughs) You thought that 38 years was bad. You better cut it out. I got something worse for you. (laughs) That's what happens when we read the Bible out of context. Not what Jesus was saying. He was saying something worse could happen to him, but let's understand what Jesus was saying. Remember in another place where Jesus said, Fear not the one who can hurt your earthly body, rather fear the one that can cast your soul into eternal hell. Now, as a Seventh-day Adventist denomination, we do not believe in an everlasting eternal hell of torment. We do believe, however, in a just God who says to people who don't want to have anything to do with him, all right. And what Jesus was trying to point out to Ben is, Ben, every time you sin, you're pushing yourself away from me. You're taking a step back from me. It's not that I don't want to have relationship with you, but you are pushing yourself away from me. And if you keep doing that, something far worse than being sick for 38 years is going to happen to you. And that worst thing is being separated from me, not because I want it, but because that's what you've chosen. Go and sin no more that something worse doesn't happen to you. God wasn't, Jesus wasn't threatening him. Jesus was pleading with him. Come to me, love me. Stop that crustiness. Stop that mean spirit. Stop that trying to avoid things. And come to me. The Bible doesn't tell us what Ben eventually decided. For all we know, he could have made a couple more mistakes and then been one of Jesus' followers later on. We don't know. And maybe it's good that we don't know because the story is open. But sinfulness doesn't stop Jesus' call to arise unless we keep on sinning and pushing ourselves further and further away from Jesus. Jesus has called a lot of notorious sinners to follow him. There was David. There was Matthew, the tax collector. There was Zacchaeus. And keep in mind, his call always came before the repentance happened on their part. Repentance is a response to the call to arise. When Jesus tells us to act, let's act. This is where I will give Ben some credit. Ben did pick up his mat and walk. He did get up. It didn't, have to, it didn't take a whole lot of effort on his part, but he did get up and he did walk. And he did pick up his mat just like Jesus had told him to. You know, this year as a church pastoral team, we're going to be encouraging you to arise and fulfill Jesus' call in your life. We're not here to tell you what it is that Jesus is calling you to do. Only you can hear God's call in your heart. And we're not here to judge what that call is. We're just here to provide you opportunities. But I want to encourage you that when you hear Jesus call you, 
Don't say I can't. Don't say there's not enough people there to help. Get rid of those excuses. If you, not if you hear Ken calling, but if you hear Jesus calling, arise. Do what he's asking you to. I have noticed in my life that Jesus rarely gives me the tools that I need before he calls me to go. I have found that he generally equips me on the way. I have found that Jesus is the the king of leading me blindfolded up to a cliff. And I can see underneath the blindfold that I'm about to step into thin air and hear him say, take one more step further forward. And when I do, somehow ground appears underneath. Family, let's act when we're called. Let's not use the excuse of, well, there's COVID, there's this, there's that. I'm not, and this is not me saying, hey, there aren't legitimate things that we need to do to keep ourselves safe and our community safe. But rather, I'm saying that if Jesus calls us, let's trust him. Let's believe he knows what he's called us to, and let's believe that he knows how to handle it, how to take care of the problem for us. Let's follow his directions. Let's do exactly what he says to do. You know, Jesus sometimes tells us things that seem nonsensical, that seem different than what we've ever heard a religious leader tell us to do before. Sounded nonsensical to this man to say, roll up your mat, that's breaking the Sabbath. But that's what Jesus called him to do. I want you to know that when we follow Jesus' directions, incredible things will happen in this world. Incredible things. But the question is, will you trust? Will you believe that the God who has called you to arise will take care of you as you do what he's called you to do? I chose Ben out of all the characters in the Bible because if God could do it for him, He can do it for you. That if a crusty, nasty, mean old man who didn't even ever appreciate it could get up and walk, so can you. So can you. God knows the pool that he has found you at. He knows the 38 years you've been struggling with whatever it is you're struggling with. And as he calls you to arise this year, 2022, he knows what he's asking you to do and he knows you can do it. And not only will, and let me go ahead and stop that. He doesn't know that you can do it. He knows that he will do it for you. Our theme text for this year is Isaiah chapter 60, verses one through seven. One of my favorite passages, maybe it's because it's in Handel's Messiah. Arise, shine for your light. I won't sing too much to you because that's, I'm not a good singer. But I love that passage. And I've gone through and I've actually rewritten it, I've paraphrased it for you this year because I want you to hear what I believe this passage is saying to the whole life church. Isaiah chapter 60, arise, shine, and let everyone see the light you are reflecting because Jesus' glory is shining on you. Everywhere else in the world, there is darkness 
but not so with you. Everyone, including important and influential people, will come to you to see, admire, and understand the light you're reflecting. Everyone, including our long-lost children, is coming home. You will be ecstatic with joy as the riches of the world are laid at your feet and people from all over worship God with you. They will bring just the right offerings and I will make my place of worship glorious. God's place of worship is not this. It's us. This year in 2022, God wants to make us glorious. Not so that the world goes, oh, cool, look at those neat people at whole life, but so that the world will say, oh, cool, what an amazing God that's transformed those people at whole life. We are the reflection, not the light. But I can tell you what, as anybody knows who's seen sunshine off of a mirror, it can blind you. Jesus wants to, to just dazzle our world with his light this year. And my question for you is, will you join me and arise and let him?
tough act to follow. <laughs> hey, Kyla, help me out with my term. Is that what we would call a, a banger? Is that the right word for that? No, no. Is that no, but no, not in church setting. I don't know. I'm trying to find out from my, the idea is correct. The execution is poor. I, okay, I understand that. All right. Ouch. That's, that's what happens when you have an almost 18-year-old daughter there. Keep you straight. I wasn't sure, so. Wow, you guys know that uh, Albert wrote that song, right? That is an original song. Nice. Yeah, that, yeah, that. Uh, hmm. Execution was flawless, by the way, guys. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah, that, they were perfect. I'm just, you know, we're here tapping toes going, please don't stop, because it's just us afterwards. So, By the way, I want to make a suggestion. <laughs> I love that you stood up at that first arise. I want to see, yeah, yeah, seriously. I would like to suggest a tradition from here on out that everybody stays seated on that song until that first arise, and then we mm. all stand. What do you think? Amen. Can we do that I from like here it. on out? I love that. You started a tradition. That's it. I like it. I love it. I thought that was so cool. Anyway, so that's from, you guys got this, right? From here out. We stay seated through that, the first two verses, and then when it hits that first arise, everybody's going to stand up from here on out, right? We got cool. Tell a okay. friend it's okay if they're sitting next yeah. to you and they don't know the tradition. Don't tell them they're okay. Just grab them and just, <laughs> just, just pull them, them. It's up. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. All right. Well, as you know, this is always We're all the time. out of time now. That's it. No <laughs> questions today. No, just kidding. We're going to get to a couple because actually the chat was full of uh, – it was just a, a full of a flurry of – people talking and, and praying and, and worshiping today. So the message definitely resonated with people. And if you have a question you wanted to ask Pastor Ken, uh, we may not get to it right now, but if you send it either in the Facebook chat or on the website or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church, we'll catch it on Wednesday and make sure that your question gets answered. And so the first question was from Trafina, who is an often question asker, but that's awesome because we need as, we like to answer as many it's, as we can get. Trafina's awesome. She is. She said, you referred to us being called by the church. What if a parishioner has a call for the whole life church? 
what do we do? Well, that's a good question. I think that if you have a, you feel like there's a call for the whole life church, you should definitely uh, contact me. Let me know what you th- what it is. Okay. Yeah. We'll find a place to plug in. Yeah. Excellent. Do it. And if you same, just you know, Ken at wholelife.church and say, yeah. I uh, I feel called. I think uh, you know, totally. I think that. There's been more than one time that I've had a church member come up to me and say, Pastor Ken or Ken, I really think we ought to do this. And I thought, oh, you're right. We should be doing that. We ought to do that. Nice. There's been a couple times I've had church members come up and say we ought to be doing this. And I've prayed about it and thought, no, <laughs> we should. We're okay. <laughs> That's it's okay. Uh, we still love you. But the great news is, is that it's not just me making those decisions <laughs> here at Whole Life. We, uh, we have a great team of pastoral team and we we take your suggestions seriously and we pray over them and think about them. And really, we want excellence and we want to honor God in all that we do here. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Our next question. The choice to have a relationship with him being Jesus and not push him away and the eventual consequences seems like such an obvious yes. Of course, I want that. So what about it makes it so difficult to not just choose it, but then to live it? Well, let's go ahead and use Ben as an example. For Ben to go ahead and, and, and do what Jesus had suggested, he needed to actually own that he was with Jesus, which mm-hmm. would have cost him something. And generally in life, when we follow Jesus, it always costs us something. And sometimes it, and, and God has, a find, has an amazing way of kind of finding the things that mean the most to us and then saying, what are you really willing? Mm-hmm. What are you really willing to do for me? And uh, and I think it's our opportunity to stretch and grow. And again, to trust that when we put the things that matter the most to us on the altar, that God will care for us and he will not just throw that kind of an offering away. Yeah. Well, let's stick. We got one more about Ben. So this kind of follows up. If Ben hadn't trusted Jesus and told him he wasn't ready to rise, do you think he would have ever been given another opportunity how does that translate to our opportunities to trust God? Wow. Uh, that's a, I, you know, I have no way of knowing the answer to the first part of that question. But what I do know is I serve a God that has given mm-hmm. me opportunity time and time again uh, when I've rejected him. Um, and I'm grateful for that kind of God. And, and, you know, and I hope what you won't hear is, well, just keep on doing what you want to do. And eventually when you're ready to get around to it, because I don't think that's a good philosophy in life because our actions become habits and our ha- the longer we have a habit, the harder it is to change it. And so what I would encourage you to hear Jesus saying, arise, arise. On the other hand, if you've heard Jesus say arise before and you've ignored him and you think you hear him saying arise now, and you think, well, I missed my chance. Please don't. Yeah. If you hear him saying, arise, get up, arise, he means it. And so uh, I would tell you that I believe that God is a, a God of second, third, and 490th chances. Kind of like last week was almost setting up this week with getting our priorities in line with those sevens. If everyone, if you missed last week's service, it really is a nice setup for this week. And I mean, of course, on purpose. And someone didn't pay the light bill, but that's okay. We're I think still, they're we're just still... telling us we've talked too long. <laughs> that's just like, eh, cut. That's it. But definitely go and check it out. If you, if you, uh, you want to catch on the podcast, we went over all seven of those. And just a nice way to prioritize so we don't feel like we've missed it. They turned us back on. So should we – Tammy's going no. No, there, her, she's saying no, cut. She's going cut. Okay, all right. Sure. Thanks, Thanks Randy. <laughs> Thanks, 
Now, don't you do that during the sermon, okay? All right. Isn't it great to be at church where you feel Jesus with you? Isn't it great to laugh? Yeah. Jesus is here with us today. The best part is he wants to go with you today. He wants to go to wherever you're at, but he's going to ask you to trust him. And I wish I could tell you that that trust is an easy thing, but it's not. Uh, I'm sure that for Anderling, there's a little bit of trust coming here that God was moving here and that that he would be here with her. And I'm for sure that uh, with Danielle, that it took some faith and trust to move with mom here. And we're glad that you all are here. We know God's got great things for you. So welcome to the Whole Life Church. Please make sure you say hello to them. Let them know how glad you are that they're here. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Help us love you more. Help us to trust you more. We put our lives into your hands, knowing that you are capable, beyond capable of helping us arise. Pray in your name. Amen. Next Sabbath, Pastor Jeff will be speaking. He's going to be speaking on arising with peace. Fear not. I am uh, going to go spend some time with my son, do a father-son retreat at his school with him, and I'm looking forward to that. Appreciate Jeff filling in for me next week. And you know I love you. Yeah? Go love your world. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.